You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. I'm John and I'm joined by John. How are you doing? Hello. I wasn't expecting to be on this week, but um, people drop like flies, so I'm staying in tonight. I they thought <coughs> I think they thought they would give us another therapy session, eh? Hi. Yeah. Seeing as maybe, the last time we were on, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Well, a couple of the guys went to um, games and suffered defeat, so maybe they're having um, therapy. I, I well, I suppose I. I mean, we actually had a draw our team, uh, yeah. but yeah, it didn't really feel like that good a result. Uh, I so we're at season A episode thirty-one, thirty-two actually. I missed 31 last week. Yeah, that's right. So I listened to yeah. it, it was good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was uh, It was good last week. But then, they're good every week, I think. They are, aye. I only listen to it if I'm not on. I, I've said that to you before, all of you, but I never ever listen to it back to myself. I used to at the start, when it first started, I used to think, oh, I'll listen back. And then I heard my own voice, and I was like, hmm, you know if I like listening to my own voice. I think so. most people are the same, to be fair. So, um, plenty to to go on. Uh, I suppose I could start back to where last week. Mind you, I'm trying. Yeah, Tuesday, the appeal for McGregor, but it got upheld. So McGregor ban stood. Yeah, but what it did lead to is uh, uh, another statement. This time coming from Rangers um, about the um, authorities. I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with the fact that they want uh, reform in terms of the disciplinary process because we're all in a unanimously agreed that the disciplinary system sucks. There's no yep. there's no consistency. Um, I don't know one fan that thinks it's a good uh, it's um it's good. Uh, the only people that think it's good that we hear about is Daryl Bradford. Because nobody for SFA will come out and speak about it and see how wonderful their crap system is. Um, my issue of it was was that um, no, there was no sympathy from Rangers when the likes of ourselves, Hearts, Celtic, Kilmarnock, um, all had complaints about the some of the decisions this season. But when it's their turn, I just thought it was a wee bit sour grapes in their part. Whereas I think every club needs to come together on it. Yeah, I think we've seen that a few times this season with, with certain managers or clubs coming out and saying, oh, yeah, there needs to be consistency. But it's only ever when decisions don't go their way. And that's kind of yeah. understandable in a way that, yeah, you're going to be more aggrieved if it's your own club. But for it, things to improve, as you say, it needs to be all clubs getting together. I mean, they had that meeting that we've spoken about, um, or I think 10 of the 12 top flight managers kind of went with their referees. And it seemed to be the likes of, I think it was, well, at the time they win them was the, I think the chief spokesman for the managers, but he's obviously not in a job anymore. But um, from like Aberdeen's point of view, um, Derek McInnes came out and said, oh, it was positive, the meeting was positive. They got a better understanding of how things were going because obviously there's the new compliance officer. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Levine as well has come out at times and said, oh, it's rubbish, but again, it's only when hearts lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Steve so Clark's the only one... Sti- yeah, Steve Clarkson, I can think of, it's actually a highlighted decision that's went for a team that, um, you know, shouldn't have been in their favour. That was the Michael Devlin sending off. You know, he actually was critical of um, the referee and says that his side got lucky with that one. But there's not been many others, as you say. Um, 
I think managers need to start being a bit more honest, you know, when they're lucky with decisions and, and things like that, because not enough of it goes on, let's be honest, and most managers in the league are get out of it. Um, yeah. Uh, you you spoke about one ranger statement. We had another ranger statement yesterday. Yeah. I know you've been fairly uh, uh, getting to grips within the media and trying to get some answers, but I don't think it's happening. Well, apparently Chris McLaughlin, um, who is the one that was banned from Ibrox, um, put up a tweet saying that he was in Report in Scotland tonight um, with the latest. But um, I only saw that tweet um, after half past six. It's a bit nearer seven o'clock, so um, I've not seen it, but um, I've not seen much reaction to it. But I think the BBC have been, uh, me and Chris have been very consistent about. We think BBC are the ones that are in the wrong. Um, yeah, Rangers. It all started because Rangers banned Chris McLaughlin for the way reported things um, back in November 2015, and BBC said, "Right, well, you're not getting any of our reporters," um, and there's just been no leeway from what I can I can see but as far as I'm concerned BBC are the ones that have got the contract to have live coverage of Scottish football um, on radio the, the highlights package and it's ridiculous that they don't interview one team's manager and one team's players and they don't bring any reaction from Ibrox um, when Aberdeen beat the Rangers early in the season when Scott McKenna scored the winner you didn't get the reaction of Derek McInnes because the BBC were still in their huff. It was the same when Hamilton beat Rangers last year um, for the first time in 81 years in a league game at Ibrox. You didn't hear Martin Cannon's reaction. I just think... Um, I th- I'm not saying Rangers by any means are angels in this. You know, there's two sides to it, but you know, I think the BBC are the ones that have got to wise up and um, you know get it sorted. And the likes of Tom English and Kenny McIntyre body swerving the questions all the time. Just give people an answer, licensed payers an answer. Aye, it, it definitely, yeah, but it, it's not good for the game that this saga goes on. I mean, it's gone on for far too long. Surely at some point there needs to be some sensible heads getting together and going, right, mm-hmm. let's get this, sort, get this sorted for the good of Scottish football, as opposed to... Uh, aye, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And uh, yeah. I think you try to get question Tom English on to put in about it but yeah he doesn't he's no trying to respond to it as well yeah I'll see what they had to say in reporting Scotland but um, I can't imagine it's much I've seen Chris McLaughlin do reports before and in terms of breaking news and it's never breaking news it's just regurgitating mm-hmm. what's been said before usually so yeah. I wouldn't hold out much hope there I'll be honest I can't stand Chris McLaughlin after the way he conducted himself <laughs> over the Derek McInnes scenario last yeah. year he was, the, he was the champion for McInnes to Rangers he he led the story he was promoting it every single week it was ridiculous saying it, he was going to be appointed then he was going to be appointed this week his understanding this um, I don't know if that was an attempt for him to weasel his way back in Ibrox to be perfectly honest with you um, no not a fan no and no wonder Rangers banned him to be perfectly honest but there's other reporters in the BBC that they could have sent that are more than adequate enough to cover games doesn't they be um, Chris McLaughlin all the time I definitely not either there's, um, there's been a lot of statements this week in context of a, a game obviously the Celtic Kilmarnock or Kilmarnock Celtic even I know it was Sunday, but probably when we're on the subject of statements, we may as well go with that just now as well. 
uh, understandably, uh, Kilmarnock writes a statement in terms of the, the pitch. Well, it's hard to say pitch invasion, but I know because it, it happens a lot. But yeah. I, probably scoring doesn't help the fact to run into the fan, but it's a last minute emotion takes over. You run into the fans, fans spilling into the pitch. I believe I, I, I don't know because I've never seen it I'm only heat going this in second hand news there was talk that a fan ran from the other end of the pitch to celebrate I don't know if that's true or not I don't know if you spoke to Alda about it um, I haven't um, I spoke to him privately about it no not yet but um, obviously one of the reasons Alda was reluctant to come on last night was um, he thought his, his words would be too explicit um, at yeah. what he saw at the weekend and obviously the fact his team get beat wouldn't have helped but yeah. um, I mean every football fan has a has slagging of others um, when it comes to the, these so called pitch invasions um, you know it's not as if like, the Partick Thistle Rangers win a couple of years ago was probably the one that started it all um, John Garner headed that last minute goal and um, in that occasion it was a 92nd minute winner that Clint Stranger's first um, trip into Europe since 2011 um, and then the, the few of this season you've had um, I think Rangers fans twice doing it at Livingston um, there was ourselves when we played Livingston funnily enough yep, um, there was yep. a, a small one and Dundee were the same at the weekends uh, there's not been much made of that but a few a, a few of their fans jumped over see at the end of the day it's all down to um, you know exuberance People getting carried away. It was in the, in the last minute of a game that looks as though it's heading for a draw to get a last minute winner or a, a late winner. Um, you know, emotions do take over. Um, and, uh, you know, Scott Brown, should he have jumped over the Hordens to celebrate the goal? Probably not. Um, it is a booking offence which also led to his second booking. Is it a yeah. harsh, harsh law? Possibly. Um, that's another rule that's got no consistency because you had Timothy Weir doing it a couple of weeks ago against St. Johnson. He never got booked. Yeah. In the same game, James Horace got booked, but that's another issue. Um, Aye. So the pitching, it's, it's not even, they're not running the pitch, they're just jumped over a bit of the stand. Um, it's not yeah. like, you know, the Hibs in the Cup final and the Scottish Cup final in 1980, all the rest of it. It's like, it's just a, f- a handful of fans getting excited and carried away at um, scoring a winning goal. But, you know, you know what it's like when you celebrate a goal. If you celebrate a goal in the last minute, the crowd surges forward usually. Aye. So it could even be sometimes somebody's folk have got nowhere to go or are squished. Yeah. Do that way. But I, it's not yeah, as if they're on the pitch. Yeah. The broken seats is, is out of order though. Yes. There's and the no coin thrown. Yeah. Which has has been happening at a few occasions this season as well. Like. Yeah. Well, there was. That. Yeah, well, there was a linesman at Livingston Rangers game early in the season. There was a Neil Lennon incident. Um, there was, recently, I think, St Mirren. Yeah, Morelos at St Mirren. Um, I think there was another. I think it was a player, that, a Dundee United player was getting taken off. Oh, sorry, a Dundee United fan. That was it last week. A Dundee United oh, fan yeah. was getting carried away. Carried away, And a St Mirren fan threw a coin at him as he was being taken, you know, led in a stretcher. That was unacceptable. And St Mirren were quite right to condemn that. Um, yeah. But you can't exactly ban coins for football. That's. But is it going to be a? No, a, you can't. You know, is it going to be a stage where they say if you want to buy something, going, um, you have to pay by card? You surely can't get to that. Well, 
here's an interesting thing, but in Germany, some stadiums, food and drink is paid for with a card, as in, like, it's not a a card, like a debit card or that. It's a, I don't know whether it's, like, just a a card you get at the game, but then you have to obviously load that up with something. I don't know what people load up with, to be honest, whether they load it with another, like, their own debit card. Or whether it's only for home fans, away fans, but yeah, you can't no have coins on it. It just needs to be that these idiots that are doing it, or they keep the coins in their pockets. Yeah, and need to be identified and thrown out. Well, yeah, um, and that's certainly something that's it doesn't always happen. Uh, I know Kamarnik are on the case. They're kind of going to work with the CCTV, obviously, and I think Celtic fans as well. Well, Celtic said they would help out maybe as well. Mm-hmm. But that's good. Just after, and the seats as well. That happens too often, and mm-hmm. it may happen with other teams, but generally, when you see these things happen, it's only two teams are involved. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to be prejudiced you know two sides, but that is just the facts um, of life. Is that Celtic need just bring bigger crowds, and amongst their crowds, they've got people who just you know jump in seats and break them and vandalize toilets. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't yeah. happen with other clubs, um, you know. There probably have been well, in, instances, but it is more apparent yeah. with those two. Yeah, well, I've seen folk uh, talk about it. And that, uh, it. Something had happened, I think it was last season, uh, but I've seen folk mention it about Sunday, that Rangers fans were jumping on top of the, the disabled section. Now, that's, I've seen that before at Aberdeen. So obviously the away fans are always just actually above the disabled section and they're jumping on top of the actual bit that they can shelter, shelter as such that it's covering them mm-hmm. it's just stupidity yeah uh, it's stupidity and a complete lack of respect that's what it all boils down to mean we're not trying to say you know be killjoys here and say no just sit in your seat and clap and you'll be happy clapper type of thing um, I shouldn't have used that phrase I hate that I, phrase happy clapper but that's another issue I've had a few injuries myself <laughs> celebrating goals when I've ended up in places I probably shouldn't be uh, yeah. Not intentionally, but <laughs> happens. But yeah, it's just a, don't be jumping on top of like showers and no. stuff like that. Whereby there's fans underneath it and different yeah. things. Celebrate with each yeah. other, hugging, kiss whoever. But um, you know, just <laughs> keep it. Keep there it we within go. Reason. Just hug and kiss it out. <laughs> Good John is telling you that. <laughs> uh, there's uh, our podcast. Title, I should your name. Good John. Good John. Yeah. What's that? You still. I was just saying, there's a one of our first contenders for title of the week. Hug and kiss it out. But possibly I. Yeah. Are you still filthy, John? Incidentally. <laughs> Depends what day of the week it is. Oh, you were post John. You were post John Saturday, mind you. Well, yes. Yeah, we'll come on to that. I. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I could have made a joke there about why I wasn't there last week on the podcast last week, but mm. Chris already done it. Um, so, yeah. Ori's sausage was good. <laughs> on. Uh, the folks in the, the interaction on uh, Twitter. Uh, that seemed like a while ago, the, the Heart Style game. But one of that when we talk a wee bit about the Scottish Cup, maybe briefly. Um, the game itself, Celtic, Kilmarnock, I think with what the way results went it, uh, on Saturday. Even before then, I think Celtic were overwhelming favourites to win the league. I think probably what's happened at the weekend is probably sealed it. I know it's not mathematically impossible or anything like that, even close, but I just think that that probably summed up um, 
Celtic and the rest of the teams because I, I, Sunday I was sitting I'd, I'd no I'd only had I watched any of it no I'd not watched any of it I'd watched a wee bit of the the Motherwell Hearts game um, I'm sitting I was doing whatever else I don't know if maybe I was watching German football I don't have Sky so I was watching some of the German football and the wife, go, the wife went oh yeah it's 0-0 no, no, uh, Broadfoot's just been sent off I think it was 12 minutes ago Jink, no, Kelly will hold out for us out. I said, Celtic have got a habit of scoring light winners. And about yeah, 12 minutes later, she went, yeah, you were right. It's no way. Uh, it happens that often. It, it's not just a fluke. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time, you know, these teams, the, the, be- the best teams find a way. Best teams? Champions, well, champions find a way of um, grinding out results which doesn't look likely. And Celtic have done that for God knows how long, um, and I have a bit of it. Teams there. <laughs> See, filthy John strikes again. <laughs> it's just filthy John strikes again, eh? Aye. Aye. Um, but yeah, the, <laughs> but yeah, Celtic. Um, that's that's the third time, um, the third occasion I can think of where Celtic have you know won a key game at come out with last minute. Where there was an Akimura winner in two thousand seven that won them the title. Uh, there was that game in. 2016 where Tom Rogic scored a screamer um, that on the weekend that our challenge effectively evaporated after um, we lost to Motherwell on the same day and then on the weekend where ourselves, Rangers um, all dropped points they then go to Kilmarnock and um, snatch another late winner so they've got a wee habit doing that at Rugby Park yeah Um, pardon me (laughs) Excuse you. <laughs> You're uh, definitely the, the filthy John tonight. What's that? You're definitely filthy John tonight. <laughs> well, I uh, the, the argument, I suppose, as well. Should Craig Brown? Sorry, Craig Brown. <laughs> Craig <laughs> Brown definitely. He should have been in the pitch. Definitely. <laughs> no. Should Scott Brown still have been on the pitch? Should they get sent <sighs> off for the the challenge? See, on. my my thoughts were it was a. A straightforward yellow card. However, you look at the stills, it makes it look that little bit worse. Um, so I'm going to say, I think I'm still going to stick with my instinct of it was a booking. Um, but you can understand the calls for a red card. He ended up getting sent off. Not that he cared, you know. He, he got that second book after celebrating his um, wonder goal. <laughs> wonder deflection at the end um, but and he just walked by the ref and said aye whatever I've just scored the winning goal here um, but aye nah, I think um, the first one probably yellow card was fair enough um, but yeah, good not doing by Bayata for that goal that was it would have been so easy for him to knock it across the face of goal hoping for someone to just get the head on it but he he was aware to see Brown's presence and well Brown's shot probably would have ended up in tune um, if it wasn't for the deflection but it doesn't matter Aye, I think uh, was it Chris had mentioned no it probably was a penalty anyway I think it did not hit a hand yeah but Chris would have would have had those ones um, where he would have said um, that's a goal and a penalty so he, he, he'll say it's a 2-0 victory because he'll say a 2-0 victory because he's got that yeah he's got this thing where it's a... that Celtic suffered against Valencia Aye, yeah, they were. That's why he can go on. He just doesn't want to talk about defeats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it was fair to say they were outclassed a wee bit. Um, Valencia, for especially the first half, it was just um, one-way traffic. Celtic just couldn't cope with the Valencia pressure. Um, Izaguirre plays them all on side for the first one, and yeah, in the second one again, 
they're playing a high line, doesn't work, they get in behind and the ball's played in, it's 2-0 game over and Celtic have to puff to try and get a goal to give them some encouragement but they just didn't have enough and yeah. I just think but, Celtic aren't streetwise enough at European level. You, I do. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't play it exactly the same way as what you play domestically, you need to be a wee bit cleverer. And yeah. Some of the, uh, it's admirable that they do kind of pass when they pass out the back and all that but at times you're just looking and going you're just inviting trouble especially mm-hmm. against good teams because I mean there's teams maybe domestically that press but you'll not see them pressing all the time you'll have maybe they press and then go stand off then press teams like in Europe at that quality it can just press all day long yeah. and force into mistakes and Celtic don't really, aren't really that good at going lower and stuff like that. So they, they, I think they need to adapt their game. I've said that for a good few seasons. I still think they're too naive in Europe. And they could probably do about adding someone else in beside Brown that's going to give them a bit more physical presence in the midfield. Yeah. They've got the attacking players. I mean, the attacking players can probably cause trouble, but you need a good solid base before you do anything in attack against these teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's all well saying that they don't have the competition to tr- um, try and practice that in domestic football because Celtic um, you know, will dominate the ball 55 to 60 um, plus percent of a game. Um, so try to do that in reverse is impossible unless, you know, unless they do it deliberately. But um, you know, the teams at our level are not anywhere near Valencia's, but then neither yeah. Celtic right now. And the fact is Valencia have just got so many better technical players um, that can pick Celtic off and um, it was just a matter of, you know, men against boys, so to speak, in European terms. But Aye. then that's almost what it's like when a Scottish team comes up against Celtic most weeks. Yeah, but you took the words right from my mouth, because I've seen calls from some pundits and that saying, oh, yeah, but it's because of the golf and money and all that. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You look at the wage budget of what Celtic have compared to probably most of the rest like put together, with the exception of Rangers. Um, and you'd probably be. It would be much different, like Celtic against the other ten teams apart from Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which well, Cel- yeah. Well, Celtic probably get three times the budget of Rangers and um, six times plus the budget of Aberdeen, Hearts, and Hibs. Um, so, but then they probably, um, likes of Valencia, probably have four or five, maybe more times more than Celtic have. So it does work both ways, and that's just the reality of you know. Where the money goes, although yeah, it's the richest team, um, far from it, because obviously a lot of teams no. in England have got more because of the inflated TV deal. Yeah, there was. I think I seen talk. I, I don't know how accurate this is. Um, it's information, but Celtic. Obviously, there was a announcement. Was it fourteen million pound profit or something like that? And that was official. But Celtic had said. But in terms of spend that Celtic have had in the last few seasons, hmm. um, was it? Eight and a half million, twenty-seven, eighteen, seven million, twenty-sixteen, seventeen, eight point five, twenty-five, sixteen. I don't know if that's net spend or if that's just spend on players, but yeah, I mean, that's a massive amount compared to what anyone else is spending apart from Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Bloody, I mean, our striker costs what twenty grand. Some costs. Yeah, the ten grand we paid for him, I think it was. Ten grand. Yeah. Uh, and yet he's pun- well in terms of for fees punching Bill above his weight in terms of what he pays for him and no far yeah. off it, like some of the others mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, well, Sam Cosgrove's what? Was that fifteen goals in fourteen games? He's on or something like that now. Sixteen, seventeen goals for the season now. Yeah. But, so. Bye. Celtic, they won the game on su- Sunday, and yeah, I do think I think that's it probably. Any chance of any title race now? Yeah, well they moved eight points clear of Rangers, um, and well thirteen ahead of ourselves, fourteen ahead of Kilmarnock. Um, so I think that what chance have Aberdeen and Kilmarnock got of bridging a fourteen thirteen point gap with twelve games to go? Highly unlikely. Um, you know I think it would take a, a miracle for either of those teams to overhaul that. Rangers overhauling an eight point deficit with twelve games to spare. It's not beyond the realms of possibility, but when you um, when you look at the two teams and player for player, um, and Celtic's experience of winning championships in recent years, and some of Rangers, um, you know, a couple of Rangers results recently, especially if they miss a player, then it's going to be a struggle for them. And well, I saw the stat that came up in sports scene: um, Rangers without Morelos, six games played, won one, drew four, lost one. Yeah. That one was against Aberdeen in the League Cup semi-final. Um, but that was two draws. Back to back one against Kelly in the, um, the Scottish Cup and then again against St. Johnson on Saturday. Um, both without <laughs> scoring a goal. And looking at the highlights, it's arguable St. Johnson had the better chances. And they probably did. The other thing though as well, I know uh, obviously if Mills is out in the full starts, I mean if some Rangers fans that I've kind of spoken to, they've said, well, if Morelos isn't playing, you're either then going Lafferty up top, because he's probably better suited to playing up front himself, or Lafferty in Defoe. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just that. They played, they didn't... Uh, Jack and Arfield didn't start. Yeah, injured. Which is weird. I mean, I just think... I do think maybe Gerard, there is a pretty big squad at Rangers, but I think he probably rotates a wee bit too much. Mm-hmm. And if if you were a Rangers fan, I think you'd be quite frustrated by that. Play, play your play your best team. I know they had they've got the the cup replay tomorrow night, um, and may, whether maybe now Gerard's got kind of <laughs> thinks there's obviously a better chance of winning the cup, so he's maybe thought, oh, I'll, I'll leave fuck out. But I don't think he can afford to do that. Plus, it's not as if it's they're playing Saturday and then Monday. They're playing Saturday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's a decent gap. Yeah, I think part of the problem they had on Saturday, they, well, McGregor was obviously suspended. Um, Arfield and Jack were injured. Morelos was suspended. So that's that probably is four of the the key players or Rangers four main um, key players, and they were all suspended. There wasn't much else after that because Diaz was he's a decent player. He can drift in and out. Um, games a wee bit inconsistent like most wingers. Um, Jury's still on out and Ryan Kent he was excellent in that old firm game but the previous old firm game he was totally anonymous and again he drifts out in and out too much um, but I mean although it says they got a clean sheet the weekend did fall down to thank for two decent saves and a crossbar um, but Worrell again you know it sounds as though I keep picking on him but he just doesn't look 
the part at all, and when you heard things like Nottingham Forest apparently rejected a, um, a £9 million bid from a team, I find that quite hard to believe when you watch them, and I think they had something good going when Katic and, uh, and Goldstone at the start of the season, and then for no reason at all that got broken up, and they've just not had the same consistency with selection at the back. Yeah, um, you, but you wonder whether it's one of those deals whereby Rangers have promised to play him in so many matches or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because Gerard's certainly not been as lenient on other players that have made mistakes and not played well. I mean, he's any time that the Rangers don't win, it's the players are at fault, which is something that's kind of been in the media think, a wee bit as well this week. And I think you can, you can I think he's also got the reputation as a player and everything like that, and that that carries forward. There's maybe I don't know whether there's a wee bit of intimidation or that, but. <laughs> He's very much, I think, still learning as a manager in terms of how to conduct himself yeah. at times. I think it's okay to be critical of players, but I think he's probably overly critical. I totally agree. I think he overst- he, he's been overstepping the mark quite a lot. Um, and if he, I mean, I know Neil Lennon um, criticised his players in public to get a reaction. For a while, it, it worked because when he did get a reaction, um, Hibs would go in the a nice little win and run, but then it got too much and eventually they went in a bad run, eventually lost his job. I know there's likely there's been more behind him leaving Hibs than, than just the results in the last couple of months, but um, you can't keep criticising players in public and expect to get away with it um, just just because of who you are. Um, I know Stephen Jarrett has a, got a great reputation as a player, but that reputation can't carry a um, alone because Roy Keane was also a great player um, and a better leader um, a great leader as well but as a manager he was overly critical and he didn't quite succeed as a manager Yeah uh, I think uh, St Johnson as well Cammy Bell would have enjoyed that one Yeah After featuring for the first time in a row in the Favourship Sander Clark, I think the talk is now he's only out for a few weeks as opposed to months. Yeah. Uh, he's got a hamstring injury, so it's not right. as bad as what they, they first expected. Yeah. Well, at least he's got an able deputy coming because Cameron Bell is a decent keeper. I don't. I mean, it's just unfortunate since that playoff game um, with Rangers in 2015 that um, he's almost been cascaded. He was all, he was thrown under bus after that game, and um, every move he's been. Ever since he's, he was Dundee United's first choice keeper, and then they brought in a loan keeper from Southampton. And ever since he's just been a backup keeper wherever he's been. Um, but he's a more than able, safe pair of hands um, to have in there, and he came away with a good clean sheet. But uh, mm-hmm. a good result for St. Johnson um, to end up losing five games straight. All right, three of those were Celtic, but it still could affect his confidence. But um, yeah, getting a clean shot Brooks was certainly a good way to build the confidence back up for them. Yeah, especially with as well, what was it? Uh, I can't remember who it was that said this. It might have been Chris. Yeah, I think it was, it was Chris. Motherwell, who were in limbo in ninth place, who are now two points behind St. Johnson. Yeah. After a six-game winning streak. They're in a terrific run, and no, the... The focus obviously on Turnbull and Hasty, um, and Alan Campbell was highlighted as yeah. well. Um, they've just been in terrific form. Hasty, um, well taken goal 
Turnbull, wee bit of fortune about his, um, given the fact that Doyle makes an absolute blunder. Um, it's just one of those that... It's a shame for Doyle because he's had such a good game from what I saw in the highlights, but Aye. there's no hiding place. But at least he ignores hands, Hearts fans by putting his hand up and saying sorry and putting yeah. stuff out on Twitter. Um, it's just a horrendous mistake that can happen to any goalkeeper, let's put it, be honest about it. I had watched a fair bit of that game, um, and certainly, yeah, I mean, up to that point, he's made a good few saves to to keep Hearts in the hunt uh, for getting at least a point. And then, who know, I don't know what, what, what happens at the free kick. I know, kind of, some suggested that maybe it took a kind of awkward bounce, but really, your body should be behind that and should score. Yeah. It should save it, sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, Turnbull just looks a class act. Uh, for a guy his age, just very composed. He, he seems to be able to pick a pass easily and score goals. I mean, you think he's got about an average of a goal every three games. Um, it's improved Campbell's game, and I think that's probably because they probably used to play with each other as well. So he probably knows where uh, he's going to be doing. And Campbell probably knows that his job is just to, to kind of break up things and let Turnbull do the, the more creative kind of work. So that helps. There's also been the changing system as well. Um, Motherwell were kind of struggling, I think, to find a system that worked this season. And they've gone now probably kind of 4 2 3 one, I would say. Maybe we'd see up front at times. They've got a bit of width. Obviously, Hasty. I mean, surely folk know by now by looking at him in the games that he's played on. Well, you don't let him cut inside because he's got a rocket of a left foot. Yeah. Um, and the other the boy, Aribi, Aribi. Uh, he offers a good bit of width as well. They both like to cut inside. Um, and certainly are dangerous. And yeah, I know Curtis Main doesn't maybe it's kind of scoring so much, but I think Curtis Main is a safer striker that does a lot of kind of hard work that probably create space for other players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the moment, yeah, Motherwell are, are on fire. Interesting enough, I think their, their captain and their captain from last season are both on the bench just now. McHugh and uh, Hartley. Yeah, well, there's no point in changing the winning formula, and uh, yeah. you know the um, the young guns are coming up great, and it just shows that little tweaks in the in the formation can help. But I um, I know people suggest we will try to play a different way this season. Um, it's not been evident, but you just need the people to fit into the system. Um, and well, Hastings, Turnbull are certainly doing that for them, and so much so that. We say this every week, Ross McCormick still can't get in that team. Ah, uh, yeah, and he'll, 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 he'll have to wait, but it's a good option. It's a good option to have off the bench. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think at the yeah. weekend, Mike Gray wasn't even on the bench. Yeah, the young boy Scott came on. So another one, there's I mean, another young star um, involved as well. So, Mother will do well with that. The young players bring through and giving them chances, so. Lord, may that continue from their point of view. Yeah. I think uh, the, the chairman touched on it and saying that we've maybe not got the, the best budget in that, but we've got maybe a philosophy in terms of being fan-owned that you need to be running through the young players and then developing them into first-team players. And Robinson's done that. And you know, it's what we're I mean, probably at the, the turn of the year we're, we're talking about is Robinson maybe running his course at other well. Yeah, um, just shows you how the things can change. Absolutely, and 
some people said the same about Tommy Wright. Had he run his course St Johnson because they had a poor season last season, but yeah. he made um, a lot um, a lot of changes tactically and with personnel, and it's been working well for him. You've got the two of them fighting for the win tip um, top six spot with uh, with Hibs, um, and people thought, well, I think most people at the start of the season had a variation of Celtic Rangers, Kilmarnock, Hearts, and Hibs as your top six. I think you were the only one that said Mother would get in there, but. Um, you know, although Hibs get the. F- um, yeah, I did say Motherwell would get there, didn't I? Yeah, you you said Motherwell had the hearts, but Hibs yeah. are the one that's struggling just now. Um, although they'll be hoping that the appointment of Paul Hickenbottom um, goes well and that he's obviously off to a good start with a pretty routine victory over Hamilton. Um, um, Canberry back in the goal um, in the goal scoring sheet. Um, a well taken header and then a definite penalty and well taken by McNulty um, Hamilton didn't really offer much until the second half but by then it was too late but I guess start for Heckenbottom it was interesting because apparently Appleton was odds on favourite and then Tots broke down and Heckenbottom got the job but as you said in the WhatsApp chat and I agree um, Heckenbottom's probably the better candidate of the two Yeah well I, mean, I know a guy that's a, a Barnsley fan um, I, I remember him speaking to him previously pretty highly until he went to Leeds and then he was basically, he may as well have been dead because that, that's not a thing that should be happening as far as Barnsley fans are concerned. But he said, yeah, because I'm a good man as well because uh, I asked him his opinion and he was, yeah, if he can repeat some of the stuff he did at Barnsley then it could be a, a great appointment. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, and he got back to, I think he got back to basics probably as well with Hibs. Again, I think, I mean, I'd spoke about the game at Easter Road with Aberdeen went there and there was no width at all. I mean, just nothing. Whereas, yeah, the weekend, Horgan, and he was highlighted in sports scene in terms mm-hmm. of the word he was given. Um, just, it just creates a different outlet. Um, so, far better performance. Clean sheet, which mm-hmm. is ideal as well, first game. Um, so, yeah, I think Hibs will be do well because they've got they have got a good squad there. I know people talk about the, the losses they had in the summer with but Alan, McGeek and McGinn. But mm-hmm. they, they've still got a, a side that should be certainly competing for tops that's minimum, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um and then over in the other part of the Livingston, um at home to Dundee, um Dundee coming from behind. Um Get a terrific three points. A wee bit of luck because Livingston um, probably should have had a penalty just before Scott Wright's stunning free kick winner. Um, but a big one for Dundee because it lifts them above Hamilton and goal difference. And a wee bit further away from Sitman, who we'll talk about in a minute. But um, Yeah. Livingston must be up there this season with most set piece goals scored. Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, Maybe it's one for me to check where like SPFL starts. Yeah, although they're usually pretty good for that type of thing, but they must be up there. Our throw-in's technically a set piece though, because it's from a throw-in that? that goal came. Our, our throw-in's technically a set piece. Well, they make it look I, like a set piece. I, I would say, uh, I would say they maybe should count. I don't know if they they do count in terms of stats that way. I, but mm-hmm. it's just. Well, it's a simple one. It's just a throw-in, flick-on, and hog it scores. Mm-hmm. He must have a few goals a season as well. Yeah. I um, thought he's their top scorer now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Scott Wright, 
the free kick is a reach right in the corner, postage stamp, yeah. uh, and also as well he sets up the, the goal for Nelson as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nelson's been very impressive. Four goals since he's come up from Sunderland. Definitely. Um, he's he's done. struggling for goals because they were relying on guys like Musa who just wasn't capable at this level at all. Um, they were relying on Kenny Miller for a wee bit, but they can't rely on Kenny Miller for ever at his age. Um, so it was good for them getting someone else in who's stepped up to the plate. And yeah, his finishing's been pretty good, been pretty ruthless. So could be an absolute bargain, didn't he get? Yeah, aye. I mean, that was it was definitely an area they were struggling. They were probably struggling in other areas of the pitch as well. But yeah, as you'd said earlier in the season. Probably McIntyre's maybe experience in the league's helping out and just maybe just that fact of working with the players more. He's been there a wee bit longer, he probably knows who, well, there was a bit of a clear out in January mm-hmm. in terms of players leaving. Um, yeah. And you look at that team, it is his team now. Um, mm-hmm. what I think what McGowan, Dales, Wright, Corrin and Nelson, he, mm-hmm. he signed all of them. Yeah. Aye. Yeah, he's recruited well, McIntyre, and I think they'll be the ones that pull away from the bottom two, and it'll be seen Aki's and uh, and St Mirren. Um, although <laughs> St Mirren, um, you've obviously been saying that they're they're good enough to stay up. Um, I think the three of us combined, you know, wonder what you're on. Alan actually, um, Aldo, sorry, said that um, last week in the podcast, what what are you smoking? Um, but. <laughs> To be um, fair, though, when I was saying that, to be fair, when I was saying that, though, St. Mirren, Hamilton, and D were all probably much amongst us. Yeah. Uh, and also, as well, at that point, St. Mirren had Hamill. Mm-hmm. Um, like December, I think was it not late November, does it December? St. Mirren went on a, a decent enough run, but yeah, um, even though, in spite of St. Mirren getting a point on Saturday against us against Aberdeen. Um, I saw very little that would suggest that they would, they will stay up now. Um, from what I've seen of Hamilton since Rice took over, don't know. What, again, maybe though, Kearney's brought in a few players, players of his own that maybe just maybe need a, t- a bit of time to settle. But you don't really get time with that, especially with the way that um, Hamilton and Dundee have picked up. If I, I would say more of um, the, the reason why St Mirren did so well on Saturday was due to Aberdeen having just no identity on, on Saturday it was bizarre um, it was a bit like at the, the end of the Rangers game whereby it was like two at the back and five through the middle and all sorts there was a, a few bizarre decisions um, I'll, I'll start with the negatives in terms of the game and then come on to the highlights when you mentioned about Posh John mm-hmm. so team wise starting line up I thought looked Decent enough. Um, considering Logan was out injured, I think it was probably close to the team that you expected would start. Probably a few issues with it, though. Um, St Mirren are obviously at the bottom of the table, fighting for their lives. We're fairly compact, um, as you would expect. So it's up to our team to then break down St Mirren. Now, Devlin's back in the team, which is a good point of view. Um, composed, but probably like a wee bit off the pace, which is natural considering he's not played much recently. Um, was hoping to uh, have a thick injury. Um, it's now been confirmed it's a cruciate, um, so he'll miss the rest of the season. That, that guy has no luck at all. I know. Because um, he started the game well again. Was pro- maybe even potentially going to get a run in the team as well, but Logan being out injured. 
Um, and that's him. He's out for the rest of the season. So best wishes to him. I hope he f- fully recovers. Um, you can worry about it for him because mm-hmm. he's had other cruciate injuries and yeah, uh, the other knee was. What's that? The other knee he had. Yeah. So I mean, it's probably hard enough to recover. I think people were were concerned on Saturday the fact that it might be the same knee, but. Um, <sighs> I don't think it matters what but, but knee it is, whether it's a knee before or, or the other knee, it's just really unfortunate for him. Um, and from Aberdeen's point of view as well, it doesn't leave much cover in defence. Um, from what I believe, I think Logan went for a scan today in his injury. Um, I could talk a wee bit about it and, and match up a bit. So I, did, I was at hospitality on uh, Saturday. I was fortunate enough to get that from my wife as a, a Christmas present for the lads and me. And I got to meet Shea Logan, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, um, usually players that are involved, obviously, they don't get to come before the game. So I don't think Shea Logan's really ever been at the the, the, the pre-game hospitality because he's generally he's always playing. He was wearing one of those kind of moon boot type things. <laughs> you know, the kind of moon boot type things you see when people have maybe got injuries. So, yeah, well, he didn't look like he was hobbling about too much of that, but... Yeah. If they're scared today, maybe it's worse than they originally thought. Um, so, yeah. Defensively, we were a bit all over the place. When Hoban went off, Gleason comes on, and again, it kind of went to, to the back probably. I mean, at times, I think Lewis Ferguson was almost playing as the right wing back. I, I, I think it was hard to actually figure out. Matt's low maybe never had one of his better games. I still thought it was one of our better threats going forward. But he gets caught out for the McAllister goal, certainly. Um, probably because he's two foot pitch and there's no one really covering for him. Um, Shinny was probably not his best. Um, Mackay Stephen certainly wasn't, I thought. And I think looking at the game, having Mackay Stephen, Stewart, and McGinn all in the same team makes us a bit kind of soft and lightweight there. I mean, I know that attacking players. Maybe you're, you're not expecting him to be fair as a whole, but I think it helps. December, I think, helps. You look at Hasty at Motherwell, who's coming to the team, and for a wide player, he, he's built a bit like he's, he's talked about how Gareth Bale's his role model. And you look at Gareth Bale, I mean, Gareth Bale is an athlete. Um, yeah. And then you look at December when Aberdeen was so, so successful. Conor McLennan's in the team now. Conor McLennan's a pretty physical lad, pretty big lad. Um, so when fullbacks are trying to get the ball off him, it's not that easy because he's got that strength about him. So mm-hmm. I think a wee bit in attack we're a bit toothless. We're playing all three of them. And Mackay Stephen, I think, he's not been the same player to come back from his injury. And whether yeah. there's a, a variety of things, there's obviously the injury and maybe, maybe there's that wee bit of doubt in his head. There's also the speculation about is he staying, is he going? Yeah. Uh, that side of things as well. I think so that I think that needs to be. It's frustrating. We've been told that supposedly that things are going to be resolved. It, it, it's turning into another saga whereby, like Ryan Jack, not been Mackay Stephen. Mm-hmm. He's definitely going to end up at Rangers. But the, the general talk, and you're talking, you're, you're most people talking that that is likely to end up at Rangers. It's getting the Ryan Jack all over again. Yeah. Why not just say? Why not even say right? It will get decided at the end of the season, as opposed to or. It's going to be this week, it's going to be this week. Mm-hmm. Just say, right, end of the season, there'll be a decision in my future. It'll yeah. be much easier because it's it's not fair in the fans. And as a club captain, 
as well. And he, he gives his all when he can, and all that. And he, he came out after the game and said it wasn't good enough and all, everything like that. But I find it slightly disrespectful to not just the club, but to fans as well. You're paying good money to see this team, and it, it then cast out as, as to, I mean, are they giving up their all for the club? Mm. If they're then get minds maybe on moves elsewhere. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, I mean, when Kenny McLean announced he was leaving, he did it pretty quickly. He did it in October, um, at a period when he wasn't playing well. He was starting to play better, got his move to Norwich, came back up to us on loan, obviously, um, and he was head and shoulders our best player for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it just needs Mackay Stephen to come out and say, I'm signing a new contract or I'm leaving at the end of the season and the same with Shinny. Then at least the fans know where they stand and the two of them can focus on their games. Because um, a lot of Aberdeen fans are getting fed up with Graeme Shinny coming out and speaking after the St. game. You can understand he's frustrated at the performance, but um, fans don't, don't want to hear Graeme Shinny talking like that because what they want from the captain especially is, you know, what's happened with your contract. It's all been noises of it's a big decision and uh, I've got to think about um, my age and all the rest of it, but he was saying that back in November before the League yeah. Cup final. You know, he needs to just come out and say, "I'm staying, I'm going." The contract offer's been there for a while. Um, I think it's. I think if either of them were staying, they would have signed it before December. Definitely, none of them have signed it. I think the yep. two of them are going. Um, Definitely, and I would drop McKeistine for McClellan to be perfectly honest, because McClellan's performances. I know he got injured in the, you know, the winter break, but. I think he should probably get a start now. Um, because Mackay Yeah, Stevens I don't think Mackay Stevens should have walked his way in, back into the team as well. No. Um, I think he kind of should have earned it. But, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I, I think we've both spoken about this. I think the, the two of them will be away. I don't think Mackay Stevens will be as, as big a loss. Because um, I do think McLaren looks more than uh, ready to, to step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one thing would be on the, probably the other side. Uh, the, if Scott Wright comes back and then makes an impact and then he's another option because um, McGinn he, he's I mean he used to be a bit inconsistent but not as probably inconsistent as what he is now and, and the miss on Saturday oh, I mean, a shocker um, yeah I think I think that ball was still heading towards the bobbin I think <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I think that ball was still heading towards the bobbin pub, which is not far along for the, yeah. that um, stand. I mean, it's, it, all he's got to do is roll it up on the ground. Yeah. But he, he actually, when you see him hit it, he's almost too relaxed when he hits it. He's kind of like almost like his, as if he's going to hit a free kick, if that makes sense. You know, that, yeah. in a way he hits a free kick where you kind of, your body kind of arches a wee bit. Um, mm. Just a terrible miss. I mean, yeah. uh, we, Aberdeen weren't great on Saturday. But still, pff, I mean, did they do enough to win? I don't know. I think with that chat, if you score that, probably it, it relaxes the players a wee bit because it, it wasn't it, it wasn't a an easy game in terms of the way and came. It, it probably says it all, and again, and we've probably said this a few times this season. Lewis Ferguson is one of the setting the example. He's the youngest guy in there, and Ferguson keeps on talking about him and praising him, but. You can see it. I mean, on the he, he scores. He's, he's getting asked to probably at times on Saturday play a wee bit of position. Yeah, doesn't crumble. You never see him huffing or moaning. Um, just gets on with the job. And and McInnes has spoken about it in terms of how he can be trusted so much. Um, 
obviously the, the new deal's happening. Um, I suppose McInnes was no happy with Derek Ferguson. I don't know if his words were taken out according to this. I didn't see him actually say he was totally not happy with Derek Ferguson. I think, I don't know. I, I know they said they would have rather announced it themselves. Yeah. But Aberdeen, the, the talk had been in Aberdeen. There had been talk for a few, a few weeks that a new deal was happening. So, yeah. Um, and it's protecting us an asset because there's no way uh, I can see Lewis Ferguson um, being there for the, the full length of that contract. No. But I do think that um, it protects your another valuable asset and adds a few quid to his price. But he's doing that himself anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's got a, a great attitude to the game, um, but like his um, his dad and uh, his uncle. Let's be perfectly honest. Um, you know, very good player, very good um, attitude to the game, and he wants to keep improving. And if he has to fill in positions in the emergency, he'll, he'll just go do it because the young kid's still learning. Um, yeah, seven goals in thirty games. Yeah, it's incredible that he made th- he's made thirty appearances so far as well. I mean. Because um, there was thought he was going to be back up to Gleason and Forrester, uh, and he's more than keeping them at the team. Um, you just worry, is it going to burn out before the end of the season? But he's shown no signs of it, and yeah, um, he's certainly been a. Well, he's another one that's got. Like, he's another one that looks like he likes the gym. He's yeah. got. It looks like he's got a good physique about him. That he kind of does the work, not just on the, the training pitch, but the other stuff thing that comes now with being a footballer. Mm-hmm. Um, Gleason obviously came on. I, I thought Gleason. Uh, did all right at times because Ferguson and Shinny aren't the type that are going to maybe retain the ball and maybe do be as good passing wise though if you look at some of the comments online they'll say that Cleason all he does is pass side to side um, I think the whole team was guilty of that and on Saturday in terms of overplaying it um, whereas probably touched this many a time you get balls into the box especially Aberdeen we look a much better team. Just get in early um, and yeah. cause cause chaos in the penalty box generally. Because yeah. Cosgrove certainly can do that. Cosgrove, I thought, was a bit isolated on Saturday. It was a bit like watching Rooney again. Um, though Cosgrove, I think, personally, um, has got more about his game already than what maybe Rooney had. Um, mm-hmm. I know there used to be the comments all Rooney does is score goals, but um, I wasn't ever in agreement with that because scoring goals is one of the hardest arts. Cosgrove, I think, has got potential to to do a, a fair bit because he's, he's not just a, a goal scorer. He, he does other things, a hold-up play, good in the air, obviously. Um, and then he's actually pretty quick for a, I hate saying it, for a big man. Yeah. Um, Greg Stewart, probably never had one of his better games. And then, yeah, just generally a, quite a, an abject performance. I thought we were a bit late in terms of running McLennan on as well, because once McLennan did come on, he was direct, he was taking on players. Um, but yeah. Right. Defences. What's that? Defe- yeah, I was just going to say, defence is a little bit of a concern, because I'm um, looking at the the, lab, the Premiership table um, and our home record. We have conceded, apart from out with the bottom three, we've conceded the most goals with 19. We've lost 19 goals at Pataudry. Um, that's not good yep. enough. Um, Only two points in the last 12. Yeah, it's, it's, and plus we drew away um, Stennis in the cup as well, yep. so it's just not been a good run. Um, obviously, the defence hasn't been helped with the fact that our first-choice partnership, Devlin McKenna, through so many reasons, have only played eight times together, including two games in Europe. Um, it's 
we're just get getting no consistency and no luck with that partnership either. Um, but you can't just rely on Devlin and McKenna being fit and available. You've got a squad. Um, Aye. Considine, I think, um, I think his better days are obviously behind him. Um, he's had to fill in, but um, he's another one that gets criticism so quickly. Um, but at least he's been there to step in. But we need more players to step up as well. It's not been helped with the fact Holbin, when he was getting the game, then gets himself unfortunately injured. And good luck to him for his career. Hope he bounces back to make some form of career. Um, yeah. But then uh, we've also let Reynolds go and loan to Falkirk. But is there a possibility? I don't do that. Back? Oh, sorry, don't do that. It's because they were due to play Falkirk, but he's not playing because yeah. of the Astro pitch. I just felt as well on Saturday we tried to overplay it at times. We were actually looking like we were trying to play like Arsenal under Wenger. There, there wasn't enough urgency. Um, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the game, it was mm-hmm. it was like five friends. It was players all through the middle as opposed to anything out wide. Yeah. We weren't playing my left back at one point. We weren't even playing my left wing back at one point. Yeah. We weren't really playing my right wing back. At it. It, was, it was very hard to see what the actual formation was towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a frustrating day, you know, when... When Rangers drop points at home, you know Kilmarnock are playing Celtic the next day. Um, you've got a home game against the bottom of the, bottom of the table who, in the last three games in, um, at Petodre against them in league in the two cups, we've scored four each time. 2-2 two, two at home at St Man. No disrespect to St Man, but that's a dreadful result for us. Um, it's a good point for St Man, <laughs> which ironically actually put them further adrift because of the Dundee result. But... Um, but for us, it's just a terrible result. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've gone... Massive I've opportunity gone, missed. Aye, I've gone from seeing probably our best performance of the season to our worst performance of the season, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the hospitality, though, that was great. Um, so, I mean, basically a free bar for two and a half hours before the game, three-course meal. Got to meet Shea Logan, as I said. I also got to meet the man himself, uh, Stuart Mount. Yeah. Tried with him a fair bit. He, he's a very uh, likeable guy, actually. He has stories about he's a bit distant and stuff like that. And But, oh, he was brand new. Tried to me quite the thing for a good few minutes. Um, and I've seen the news earlier about the, the pavilion and the training facilities, and it's going to be due, but ready for summer. He thinks, though, the, the actual ground uh, will be 2022. Well, that long? I thought it was going to be like. A year two's time. Oh well. Um, that, 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 that's what he kind of seemed to suggest. Um, and I think that's been due to fat, due to some of the objections and stuff like that. And that's kind of obviously yeah. put a, a delay on things. So yeah. uh, whether he was maybe just saying that as a kind of worst case scenario, but he did speak as well about how much um, McInnes and Doherty see Aberdeen very much as their club, um, mm-hmm. and how much they enjoy being there, and how good the working relationship is. He couldn't speak highly enough for them um, as well. So. You've obviously we've heard it at times in the video, we've heard it from McInnes' side but at times, but yeah, he, he spoke very highly. I did hear him speaking to Shea Logan a wee bit as well. He was chatting away but about his injury, but I couldn't hear too much. I was trying to mm-hmm. kind of listen in, but not be too close. Mm-hmm. Um, Shea Logan was just, Shea Logan, cool, relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the match, uh, Niall again came through. The man of the match, it was supposed to be a man of the match presentation, and Lewis Ferguson got man of the match, but he couldn't make for some reason so I don't know hopefully uh, signing his contract and I was kidding him on because what's that? Yeah, I was just saying hopefully signing his contract <laughs> oh I'm Ferguson no, I'm maybe. Uh, but again I was kidding him on because he obviously he's got a bit of a reputation as being a bit of a, a ladies man 
Um, so mm-hmm. there was a lot of ladies waiting to get a picture taken with him. So I went, went up to him and I said, Ah, you'll be enjoying all these uh, ladies kind of queuing up to get your picture. He said, Keep them coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I, he was all right. Uh, considering yeah. they'd had to obviously, uh, I, I would imagine they probably had a bit of a delay in the, the dressing room after that game. Um, he, he maybe escaped a wee bit because he was off early. Maybe he was like, I have. See you later. <laughs> they probably maybe asked who, who who wants to go up and say the Lewis, and everyone's probably putting their hands up to say, hey, I'll, I'll go up. <laughs> um, but yeah, fantastic. Well looked after in terms of I couldn't believe how how good it was. Party, front sandwich brigade and all that. But yeah, it was the, the party seats as well. Um, it'd probably be better off just at half time, uh, not half time, uh, no watching the game and letting us stay in there and just drink. But you know, not to drink during the game, obviously. Yeah. Um, and. The, the staff as well with our credit to the club they couldn't work half day enough as well so yeah. definitely I would, I would do it again it's not something you could do every week unless you're uh, that's just sure that. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah well, well worth doing we had a decent table as well decent guy decent folk as well it was basically like a wedding with a free bar um, for <laughs> a good bit of time and a, a decent a decent meal um, and it was a community trust day as well so there was a lot of stuff going on with that and yes. raffles to win like sign top sign balls and and the half-time draw for us was like a thousand pound and stuff like that. So yeah, really good, uh, good experience. Felt a bit different though, uh, going to a game and uh, well, suited and booted to kind of thing. But I yeah, it's good. It's good to hospital. I mean, I've done it once um, with with Preston and my dad's team, and it was some sort of idea. It was a um, it was actually a cavalry for the the meal, and then you had the other. Um, you had the other course and you know your drinking stuff so it was really good um but i'm glad you, you had a good day there regardless of the result yeah i mean i, I was expecting to go and i'd seen that it was like i said about welcome drink pre pre-match drinks and post-match but i thought maybe we'd be like limited to like maybe beer or, or cider or maybe certain things you could pretty much order whatever you wanted i only found out because the guy that was sitting beside me he said he'd done it before and he goes, I stole the Jack Daniels and Cokes and all that. Because so they had drunk at the table. They had like beers and ciders and wine in the bucket. That's um, mm-hmm. a girl. He, I see him drawing and Jack Daniels and Cokes. I was like, oh well, fill your boots. And then yeah. I was drinking. He said, oh, uh, try, try a Glava. I was like, all right. I don't know a whiskey drinker, but I tried that. Well, that was quite nice as well. So. Nice. Um, and I think the lad enjoyed it as well. I said, I said to him as well, I said, if there's any drinks you want to try, this is the time to try them because I'm not paying for them. Hmm. Um, so... Yeah, good day had by all apart from the, the game itself. But it's hard to be overly critical because I still think we're having a, a pretty good season. Uh, just mm-hmm. there's, there's just the you know, bits of frustration, especially with the way that the house went the other weekend for all teams. But like I kind of said, you can only you can only concentrate on what you do yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Precisely. Maybe maybe I think on Saturday the, maybe the players took their eye off the ball a wee bit. Maybe expected to, a bit like the Tenerife Spirit game. I think it was one of them. They turned up thinking we've beat them four 0 and four one this season at Pataudry. Mm-hmm. Um We'll probably do it again. And yeah, precisely. And you can't just yeah, turn up expecting. You've got to work um, for your win. Um, see, before we cover like the lower division games and the the cups etc., I just want to cover some of the the polls because we've had quite a few polls recently. That's um, yeah. More po- as you said, what was it? More um, polls in the German World Cup squad in 2014. Yes, um, <laughs> um. I had a wee chuckle at that. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, the, um, 
just when I'd mentioned uh, Matt Reynolds not playing a plastic pitch at the weekend because um, artificial surfaces came up again because apparently um, PFS Scotland ran a poll um, of their own amongst their members in the top flight, excluding um, three clubs who have plastic pitches, you know, and that created a story saying that the majority want them out. Um, on the Facebook poll um, from 30 votes, 80% said um, they should be banned from the top flight, 20% said no, so thanks to those who came in um, see if they could I mean Gary Holt made a great point um, if if the PFA are willing to give Livingston a million pounds to rip up their surface and put in a new grass surface then absolutely they'll do it and I think that just says everything that you need to know plus you've got to think about the undersoil heating um, I mean I would rather see games played in grass but you've got to um, in, in our climate, you've got to consider, you know, what's what's best, you know, for the club, um, because the amount of postponements um, are then cut down because of the the plastic pitches. Ah, yeah, I, mean, I think we had a kind of talk, conversation about it kind of off air. Obviously, Aldo, uh, he's a Cali fan, and he kind of pointed out to the fact that we Cali haven't really had any kind of serious injuries. They play on all the time. They play on it more than. Yeah. Obviously, all teams and folk will maybe say, "Oh, it's because they are used to playing on it." They know how the surface adapts. But the only injury they've had, kind of, kind of half serious, was Greg Kilty's one. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you look at Livingston and Hamilton, I can't recall. Uh, well, I know Devlin when he was at Hamilton, um, the bad injury. But I don't know if that was due to the pitch or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's not as if there's many. Bad injuries been reported when they're these teams. Yeah. Well, Tommy Hobbins was a serious injury, and that was in a grass park. Yeah. You know, and that was the same as what Jamie. But you know, the Jamie Murphy one at the start of the season, I think, it was blown out of proportion because it happened at Kilmarnock, um, and he was unfortunately rolled out for the the season with his knee injury. But the immediate afterthought from Stephen Gerrard and um, the media boys was um, it's all down to plastic pitch. Tommy Hobbins was um, on a grass pitch, but yeah. they're not pointing to that. Um, yeah, I just quickly interrupt. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's the Scottish Cup in Verest, Ross County. It's currently penalties. Yeah, I was waiting for um, full time. You waiting for full time? Yes. Um, but so. I noticed that fifty six percent said Inverness would go through out of the eighteen that voted on um, the t- the Twitter poll. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, it's a lottery now <laughs> to see who um, comes. Well, I've just seen Chris mention as well that punches have been thrown. Supposedly, in the game. I don't know. <laughs> That's ironic, because BBC have called this a friendly derby. <laughs> aye, both. Right, so I. I do like a penalty shell as long as my team is not involved in it. Yeah, yeah exactly. County are up, county up first, by the way, so. Uh, but yeah, we, had, we did have a few polls. Um, the other one, I think actually, did it, our. Paul for Kamara Rangers say Kamara will go through. Yeah, 28 votes, 61%, um, uh, which is quite interesting. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know whether it's maybe just a case we don't have many uh, followers that are Rangers fans. Mm-hmm. And it's strange because usually they do like to follow, follow, but... Um. <laughs> Bubble. <laughs> um, but you would think Craig would say he's... Ranger supporting buddies get on that podcast and I don't know if he's uh, got any Ranger supporting buddies I think they're all Motherwell and Dundee United and different things like that well does he just go to the games they sell 
Oh, I don't think I think he does go well. Uh, I don't know how he goes with that. Maybe he needs to be a wee uh, announcement at the the game, or yeah. we need to get him retweeting it more. I think he's I think he's too busy. Um, I think he's too busy um, googling Caleb Brooks Garden. Well, that's um, fair enough. Lady Garden, um, so understandable. Um, um, to, to, to be fair, sometimes I think our Twitter accounts may be like completely private, and we are not allowed any uh, anyone to message us. Uh, mm. the, the lack of messages we get. Um, but no, we do get them occasionally. So uh, as we've said before, any anything at all, uh, yeah, fire on to us. Pictures of pies, uh, old wrestlers, um, anything relating to football, if you want, uh, TV shows, whatever. Else we sometimes talk about it. just we do pies, half-time food, um, yeah. especially. Yeah. Oh, I, did have, I did have a pie as well, by the way, at hospitality, even though I just had a three-course meal. Uh, before, because you eat half-time pies, which I thought was a bit bizarre, considering you've only just ate your dinner about maybe f- about an hour ago. Uh, and the pies in the hospitality actually were far better than any pie I've had at any of the kiosks at Pedroji. Uh, so I don't know whether they get fancier pies. Yeah. Or better pies, but damn good. <laughs> nice. The other poll that we ran on uh, Facebook was um, in a season littered with refereeing blunders and inconsistent decisions by the compliance officer review panel. Who is more at fault for arguably the worst season for officiating? Um, 12 said referees and 9 said the compliance officer. So Aye. that was a really interesting one. And again, thanks to everyone across Twitter and Facebook who's um, voted in these polls. Definitely. Um, I would run more actual discussions on, on the Facebook page um, to get more engagement, but it's not happening. But if, I'll, I'll maybe try again. Um, I'll put some up for discussion. Please comment and um, tell us what you think. Even if you want to comment on how shit you think we are as um, as hosts, <laughs> hosting them um, guests on the the podcast, just tell us. Um, yeah, likewise on Twitter. If we put stuff up, reply, get a, some chat going, interaction, anything. Because um, we like it. We like to talk. Obviously, when we do these podcasts, and sometimes they last as long as an hour and a half. Um, but yeah, I suppose they, they sometimes they say, "Don't know, is it no, no news is good news." So maybe that means we're doing a good job. Whereas if we do do something as <laughs> well, done, we usually get some kind of response. So maybe we need to just start being more controversial. Um, I need to be a bit dirtier, uh, a bit filthier, um, <laughs> and you need to stop being so good. Aye, maybe that's the the way to go. <laughs> I think Aldo will probably help out with that because uh, Aldo likes. Uh, I think I'll just worry that he'll say something about her thumb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I used to write in his various bands. Yes. Yes, Aldo. It's like um, a... Aldo likes to fish. And he's got a good few yes. catches. Yes. Oh, aye. I mean, aye. I, 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 yeah, I think he's got good bait. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like Kings and Queens and you get like George the Eighth. I think Aldo's like on... He's called Aldo 13 because that's his 13th Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. is, it, is it something like that? Is something like thirteen? I think just now. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's no. It it wouldn't it wouldn't um, surprise me. I mean, I've known Aldo for thirteen years, and and that time I know he's had at least three different Facebook accounts. Um, <laughs> so um, he, he like he likes to change his Aldo. And I think he's had a few different phone numbers. In fact, I think I've got um, three different phone numbers on, on my phone. All under right, his okay. name. So um, I think that that's maybe a whole different story in yeah. terms of why that is. Um, yeah, mates yeah. and all that. 
Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Mates and all that. <laughs> yes. Aye. Okay. Um, aye. I did see yeah, he's certainly made an impression that. so far. What's that? He's certainly made an impression so far, Aldo, since he's come on. I'm glad. Yes. Inverness are through. Breaking news. What was the score in the shootout? Oh, by the time you hear it, it will not be breaking news. No, true. <laughs> but I was saying to Craig actually off air. I think um, when was it? I think it was last week or at some point. I would really like to be able to do a live podcast. Um, he said that suppose at some point they did do one. I would. I'd really like to do it and try and get some interaction as well, with people. That'd or even brilliant. just do it live, just to to see how it went. We, yeah. we obviously record live. There's never ever really much editing done in terms of having to take stuff out, but I would, I think it would be good. Almost like a phone in. I think it would be, I know on Skype probably we could add in people easy enough, even if people wanted to just come on for a wee five minutes to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. I could do that, because we never had times at one point, was it two seasons ago? And generally I would drop off after about 20 minutes anyway because of my internet connection, so. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, um, we are connection issues. Um, you know, the the live podcast can just go one or two ways. It could go swimmingly, or it could just um, sink. So, um, it would be good fun to try it. I must admit. Um, you want you were wanting to touch on the lower leagues, weren't you? Yeah, just quickly. I mean, you mentioned Ross County. They're also going to the Scottish Cup tonight. Um, they had had a good weekend having beat East Fife in the Challenge Cup semi-final um, but two goals to win and then um, seeing Air United drop points although Dundee United beat Queen South a good win I think it's very much looking like um, there's only three points separating the top three but Ross County have that game in hand Yeah I've seen a bit of that game actually on Friday uh, kind of looked good East Fife could have got a count on themselves as well mm-hmm. Yeah you can't, You always thought that Ross County would go through, but East Fife, you know, they've had a superb season um, so far, you know, getting to the Final Challenge Cup. Um, yep. All right, they got a bye through in the quarterfinals, but they did beat uh, Queen of South and part of the Sunrise before, so, and mm-hmm. they're still challenging at the right end in, in League One. Um, they're fourth just now, but they've got three games in hand over Forfar and two over Wraith Rovers, who both get 40 points. Um, so Aye. they could easily overtake it to him, but they're no catching our broth. Our broth are 16 clear of Wraith and Forfar. Aye, they beat Wraith at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, with 12 to play. Goal difference plus there. There's no chance that that gap's getting made up. It's the other end of the table. Um, you've now got three points between the top, the bottom four. Yeah, that's crazy because Dumbarton won at the weekend um, but Stranahan yeah. have been hauled right down in there because they were at one point touching the playoffs at the other end um, mm-hmm. but it's looking like at the, the other end it's more likely going to be um, the four that's in there just now because Montrose although they're only two points behind East Fife East Fife have those three games in hand still got to win them obviously Aye. but the bottom end's looking interesting but Airdrie can win as well but Airdrie yeah that's a great result so Airdrie, Airdrie could get dragged into it yeah, maybe, maybe more so for the ninth spot as opposed to anything else. But Brecon, Shenard, and Stenhousemuir have all got two games in hand on Airdrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't a good weekend for uh, Edinburgh City because they went out the Challenge Cup on penalties to the Welsh team, Kona's Key Nomads. 
Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Aye. Um, and Peterhead, I think they win at the weekend. Yeah, Peterhead wins, so Peterhead's only a point behind my game in hand. Uh, Clyde yeah. won, um, and they've, um, they're just three points behind again with a game in hand. So it's, that's going to be a really interesting finale in the next couple of months. Yeah, um, another squad from tonight, Kilner Beef beat Albion. Uh, Rovers won now. So, yeah. Albion Rovers. Uh, I'd say they look close to being doomed. Yeah. I don't know. But I, <laughs> I think that might be a. Yeah. A fair statement to make. Yeah, seven points behind way, um, and they've played three games more than Berwick. Yeah, I think it's looking very bleak for them, um, and they'll just need to hope that they pick up some form of momentum before these playoffs. Aye, because obviously the the team, whoever they play in the playoffs, will be used to winning. Mm-hmm. Winning breeds confidence, whereas. One win all season in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's slightly better than breaking last year in the, the championship. Hi, <laughs> yeah, that's the only compliment you can pay them. But yeah, it's just been a horrendous time for them since they get relegated for League One. Um, and they've got an average crowd of two hundred and forty nine, so they're not exactly rolling in the cash. No. So yeah, I, I mean that, that's probably the the thing about for the, the teams that are have been used to being in the the professional leagues for so long. Um, if they do go down to the lowland league, because I'll be no would go to the lowland league. Pretty sure. Um, that. It'd be unfair to put them in the highland league. Well, uh, you never know with Scottish football what they could do. Um, but you, you don't know as well what's happening that season with the leagues anyway. Yeah, because we're talking about this fifth tier as well, which... Fifth tier. That's uh, a lot of nonsense, I'm sorry, but... Aye, a lot of tiers. Uh, there'll be a lot of tiers probably for a lot of fans, because I think some clubs will end up going under. Yeah. They'll end up with probably more tiers than a wedding cake. Like, <laughs> what's that, sorry? They'll end up with more tiers than a wedding cake. Well, aye, definitely. Um, kaboom for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the level, I mean, I, I obviously spoken about Talbot a few times in terms of the level they play at and different things in terms of the, the furthest Talbot have to travel for a match in the league is about 40 minutes um, if Talbot were to end up in the lower league which I think going by the way Talbot run would there'd be a fair chance that could happen you could end up that uh, Talbot in the Ayrshire are going to play Gala Feridine in the borders mm-hmm. I mean you're not going to get many folk travelling to that uh, I mean, Talbot have pride themselves in having a good away support, but you're not going to get folk going all these long journeys to, to see matches. Um, but I, I do think it, it will happen. Uh, it's going to happen. I don't think there'll be any choice in the matter. Um, and you either then stay uh, where you are and potentially that grade of football might not even exist down the line, or you, you move with what the, the SFA have said, or the SPFA, mm-hmm. or whoever. Uh, is behind this these decisions you're always forcing teams into to doing things they, they probably don't want to do yeah. I think fair enough for the teams that are ambitious in the pyramid system I mean, you've got obviously the likes of Cove Rangers in the Highland League who clearly want to be in the professional leagues um, they're probably pretty well equipped for it as well but there's other clubs that, that just they, they don't want to do it and they're, they're, they're going to be forced into it that, that's not right yeah 
yes. Yeah, I mean, they get what they're trying to do to inject new blood into um, the top leagues, but they need to do it the right way. And they can't force teams, as you say. Um, you don't want um, clubs going under, um, regardless of how big or small. Um, but anyway, since you never got to come on last week to discuss um, your um, Talbot adventure that ended with a, um, a sausage for lorry, how was... Um, your trip to Tencastle. Oh, should I? There was no sausage. There was no. He never even. He never gave me anything for my information. Um, Laurie, who'd obviously used to be in the podcast, he does the hearts commentary. Contacted me. When did he contact me? I think it was Saturday, maybe. Um, just asking for some general information in terms of if it is his notes on players. Um, I don't know if it was him. Or it was Craig Levine, but to be fair, Craig Levine had watched Talbot against Peter so, so I gave him just general information about players' positions and all that type of thing. Um, because he was struggling to get online. So we gave him that. We were speaking about the game, and you know, expected that. As long as Hearts go about it a professional way, they should win. Hearts were very professional. Didn't help in terms of Talbot's point of view that the kind of earliest goal they conceded, which was disappointing because it's a kind of routine free kick. There was a wee bit of a routine from Hearts, but it wasn't anything too complicated. Um, so I think from that point of view, probably you'd be slightly disappointed. But yeah, the. the the game just showed that the level the hearts are playing at um, professional approach they, they, they weren't hearts but they got the job done Naismith very clever dropping into midfield the hearts gave it I would say the respect the tie deserved as well um, maybe one or two players might not have played, might have been left out but they went attacking as well they were rewarded for their efforts and Fair play to uh, Talbot. I thought gave a good account of themselves when you consider playing against us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had Alison back last week. Uh, Glasgow had a chance. Um, probably just before half time, three 0 down. Good chance, and he was unlucky. He had a chance in the second half whereby he was put through by Wilson. Maybe should have given it back to Wilson. But scored, and even the the goal was ruled out for offside. But there was never any danger in the match that um, Talbot were going to take it to replay or that. Hearts get a job done and, and credit to them for that because um, it could have been a, a potential banana skin for them because they are different to lose mm-hmm. um, good support as well for just under 15,000 in the game um, mm-hmm. nice cash one fall and credit to some of the Hearts fans in the oh, what stand was it the the stand that Laurie was doing the commentary in Wheatfield that, uh, the big the main um, yeah the big one across the new main stand I think that's, well, I'd say that's the right name. I did ask him because yeah. a lot of their fans in that uh, stand um, stayed back to applaud the yeah, Wheatfield. Um, so credit to that as well. Yeah. Um, the Hearts fans appreciating Talbot's running the cup as well. And good day out. Um, but history's been made for Talbot in terms of getting that far in the, the cup and who knows what will happen in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Although I see from um, looking at the the junior leagues, you've got quite a lot of games to catch up on. So I see they've games played to play. 14 games. Yes, <laughs> so seven games in hand over league leaders Hurlford and then yep. 11 point gap to uh, make up. Yep, and there's another uh, cup game this weekend because now we get back to normal cup business, the, the Scottish Junior Cup uh, tie the round against Pollock. I mean, Pollock and, and Tarbot are two, two of the heavyweights of uh, junior football, so that's uh, another uh, league game lost. Jeez, um, which is Junior Cup and that's all. I think Talbot should win the, the league, even though they get the games in hand. I just think that they've got a good 
Yeah. Well, well, glad that, that you enjoyed the the cup run. It certainly covered many miles. Um, Aye. And, uh, yeah, one certainly to remember. Um, and that was as good I mean, as the Scottish Cup nice. final for um, Alton Lake, to be fair. Yeah, I, I you saying it's good as getting to a final. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably in some grounds up to normally when I get to in terms of Hazelbrun and, and Cove. I never got to work. Um, but, yeah, Fraserburn and Cove were, were good. Good days out. Good stuff. Nah, so. Glad you enjoyed it. But yeah, Aberdeen for the Cup now. <laughs> it was Aberdeen for the Cup anyway, but... Oh, that was the thing as well. The horse would... Uh, going up the stairs to the horse plant, you see all the, the pictures of the, the greats and all that, and past wins and different things like that. So a, a good few pictures from that. I need to let you see someone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if the other boys would appreciate the pictures I was sending or Shea Logan as much. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, probably Chris <laughs> wouldn't have been, but... <laughs> yeah. But no, glad you enjoyed your hospitality um, as well and uh, the Ocean Lake game. Yeah. But, right, we'll see if I get to any football this weekend. I might. I might. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know when my next game will be. I'll see how we get on in the Scottish Cup quarter final then. If we get to Hamden for the South, I'll definitely be at that. But I'll be interested to see who we get. Um, Come out, um, Rangers and come out be a tough game. I know Morales is back, um, but come on, will not be easy and they'll be hurting for the weekend, so it should be a crack. It's just a shame. Premier Sports, uh, I seen tweeted that, or was it you forwarded it saying that uh, Premier Sports wanted to cover but you for restrictions prevented them doing so? Yeah, they, they can't show it until 10 01, so they are showing it, they are showing it on delayed transmission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that's a lot of. Bollocks, to be perfectly honest, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, there we go. They've shown the bollocks. Yeah, you've shown they've shown FA Cup replays on the same night as a Champions League night. Let's just be honest. They make up the rule. It's one rule for the so-called late leagues and another rule for the crap. So they're basically saying to Scottish football fans, um, never mind watching football in your own own country. Watch Champions League. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, before um, starting this podcast tonight, I was watching a wee bit of that Liverpool-Bayern game, and if I had cottons in front of the TV, I'd have been pulling them, because um, it, was, it wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah, it just shows um, that the... Whereas the Scottish football games that I've watched this season have generally been, generally been all watching the... Uh, Good bit of skill as well involved. Plenty of youngsters playing. Uh, competitive. Um, I think Scottish football, well, from the Premiership point of view, because that's what most of what I've seen mm-hmm. has been terrific this season and continues to be. Yeah, and there's see. these rivalries as well that are developing, which is nice. It's almost like a wrestling uh, saga, because mm-hmm. in the wrestling you've got all these rivalries that develop. Um, yeah. 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 Two goal draws in the Champions that, League. Yeah, I mean, someone touched, folk touched on online. I was reading earlier, and that life or you in the champs, the champs, they'll play the same. Yeah, generally, it's no much variation in system or that, and it's boring. It's like, oh, why do all, all these top teams copy each other? Why don't it be innovative and maybe try something as opposed to oh, let's just go four, two, three, one? Yeah, no. It's pretty boring. 
But yeah, we may not yes. have the quality of the Champions League, but um, our, our game can be more entertaining. Um, and I think that's a good way to end it tonight. Definitely. Cheers, John. All right. Cheers. And cheers to everyone for listening.